Welcome to Sprinkles in Your Day with your host, Monique. Let's enjoy the day together with inspiration, hope, joy, and love coming your way. Wherever you are, just press play, relax, sit back, grab a water, smoothie, coffee, or tea. We are here to inspire you to reach for your dreams and your goals while adding some sprinkles along the way. And let's face it, who doesn't love sprinkles on their ice cream, donuts, or cupcakes? It just makes everything taste better. So, without further ado, let's jump in. This is Sprinkles in Your Day Masterclass, where we will teach you how to go about achieving something when that comes to your everyday life goals, whether that's in the area of personal care and style, even spiritual, relationships, health, education, and communications, computers, or even arts and entertainment. We are here for you and we have you covered. So this will be so fun and exciting to get to inform you all on what it is that you are trying to achieve in life. So sit back and open up your ears and expand your mind have your notebook out, your pens out, and let's get ready to explore together in this masterclass. Here we go. In today's masterclass, we're going to be teaching you all about how to lead worship in church. Okay, so we know that leading worship is an important part of any church service. Effective leadership that will encourage the congregation to join in with you in a meaningful, heartfelt prayer and praise unto God. So first, you know, we all can prepare before church service starts you know you have to know your purpose know that worship is and is not know what worship is and what is not you know worship should be all about praising God and as a worship leader your main purpose is to encourage the entire congregation to praise God through song and prayer You know, instead of modeling personal worship on stage, focus on leading community into worshiping God. You know, worship is not a time to show off. When we say what worship is not, that that is not a time to show off your own talents and look at me, look how I am, I have the best voice, I can, you know, pray more louder, I could do whatever, whatever it is, whatever the reason, that's really not a good reason, you know, because we all have to do things with the right motives and all for God to get the glory. That's why we, we're supposed to be doing things that for God's glory, you know, for not to us to be seen, but for God to be seen, his presence to be felt. And so that time, worship time is not a time for someone to think that they have the spotlight, okay, and that all eyes are on them and listen to me and and, because it's not about us, it's not about any of us, it's all about God, God getting all the praises, you know, us worshiping God for who he is, us praising his name all together, okay, and so it's not about to being up there to making yourself look good, but, but to let God's presence be felt and bringing Jesus on the scene. Okay, not bringing glory to ourselves, but bringing glory to God. 
not letting pride get in the way at all, but humbling ourselves and worshiping God for the God that he is, because he's so good and so faithful to each and every one of us. And so just we have to just know that and again, know your purpose of why you're there as a worship leader on the praise team, praising God. And number two, pray. We can know every day we have to pray, we know. Pray. Give thanks to God for the opportunity to, to lead others in the act of worshiping him. And just ask for the guidance, humility, and courage to make the worship session a good one. You know, a few things worth considering as you pray may include understanding of the lyrics that you sing and the ability to convey that understanding. Also, the love for the people you lead. Also, wisdom in selecting the songs and verses used for worship and the ability to act on the truths that you sing and speak. The humility to lead in a way that glorifies God instead of yourself or the congregation. The ability to guide the congregation to an improved relationship with God. Number three, you could be able to build your worship around the lesson. You know, you can find out from the pastor what that week's lesson will be about. You know, if you're led to do that or if your pastor wants to share that with you, you know, and you could also try to choose songs around that theme. Like doing so will make the entire service more cohesive and meaningful. Okay, give that a try. You know, you also need to pick out short scriptural verses that go along with the songs and the overall lesson as well. Uh, number four, you can be able to pick songs that others can sing. The idea is to get others to actively participate in worship by singing along. If the congregation doesn't feel comfortable singing that songs that you've chosen, they probably won't sing. People generally don't sing songs that are unfamiliar to them. So you want to stick primarily with the songs that you know the congregation will know. When you introduce a new song, plan on including it in multiple worship services so that people will have more opportunity to get used to that song. Also, note that some songs are meant for solo solo singers while others are more suited to group singing. Obviously, the songs you use for group worship should be songs that groups of people can sing together. You know, you may have a superb vocal range, but know that most people do not share that same skill. The songs you pick need to fall within a shorter, more concentrated range so that more people can sing along. On number five, you could consider the format. Know how many songs you need to pick out. How many songs y'all are going to plan to sing that day? In many churches, even, you know, even ahead of time, you know, from in the week, you know, getting together, whether that's over the phone or having a quick church meeting after service on Sunday and just going over these things to know what songs, okay, how many songs are we going to sing and what are the songs and make sure everybody knows the lyrics of the songs, you know, could do that as well. In many churches, there's already some set order to the service. In others, you may have a little more flexibility. Regardless, you should pick out enough songs to fit the format and select the right songs for the right parts of the service. Uh, number six, you can memorize. 
Know the lyrics to the songs that you plan on singing. Memorize any verses that you plan on singing. You can have an open Bible or or sheet music in front of you during the service, but it's best not to rely on them. If if that's if you have to look at the paper, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. If you can totally memorize the lyrics as well, um, that's fine as well. Whichever's more comfortable for you. As um, you practice saying these readings and emphasize verbs instead of pronouns, adjectives, and adverbs, verbs typically convey the the greatest amount action and meaning. So emphasizing them can help draw out the truth of the text you know learning the words you'll be singing and saying beforehand will make you feel much more comfortable during public worship which will allow you to lead worship in a more natural way number seven you could be able to practice 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 makes perfect right you might be the only one leading worship at church. Then again, you might have an entire worship team to work with. No matter how many people are involved, it is crucial that you practice. It's, it's good to practice and go over songs, you know, and that y'all plan on singing, you know, a few times, but even before you have performed them at church. You know, make sure that everyone on your worship team, make sure that they know when each song will be sung and try to keep everyone as informed as possible so that there are no surprises. You can be able to listen to the input of others as well on your worship team. If the general consents, you know, if it goes against your initial option, then rethink your ideas and consider altering them as needed. Now, number eight, you can energize yourself before the service. You know, I know usually we don't wait till you get to church. You know, you're, you're already worshiping God and praising God. You're already getting in that worship mode at from your home you know so it should just definitely start already from over the weekend you know you're just getting in that worship um mode you know and and just playing worship songs and singing along meditating on god and his word and and just being led by god and what what to sing and what to say you know so it starts from Really let it start from your house, you know, being prayed up and everything already. So you're charged up already for when you actually go to church on Sunday. And so worship is a spiritual thing, but as a physical being, you also just need to keep your physical strength up, get a full night's sleep the night before, hydrate yourself um you know, and uh, if you eat before, if you eat breakfast before you go to church, or some people wait till they come home and they eat. At times, uh, I wait till I come home after church, and then I eat. You know, just probably just drink tea or um, hot chocolate in the morning. And just, you know, wait till I come home and I eat, you know. However you are led to do, it's totally up to, you know, I know some people, you know, they have to take um, their certain vitamins or prescriptions, whatever, and you require, you have to eat to take your stuff that, you know, you go ahead and do that, definitely, you know. But um, some people like to just, you know, fast and until after service. That's okay too, however you're led to do. And so, whatever makes you feel more comfortable, okay, to do. And number nine, you want to be able to warm up before the service. Warm up before the service, like meet up with any of the other members of the worship team before the service to do one final quick 
practice session if you can. You know, you should give it a try. You know, as a worship leader, try to show up 15 minutes or so before the rest of the worship team is due to arrive for your 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 practice. You could go over it one more time, you know. And during that time, you know, do the sound test to make sure that the equipment is set up and tune any instruments, you know, that you'll be using and flip through your notes to make sure that everything is in order. Okay, and so part two is worship during the service. You know, watch your body language. Your your body language needs to convey energy and sincerity. Even though worship is not about you, it's not about any of us, you still need to have enough of a stage presence to, to catch the congregation's attention. If you don't seem excited about worship, those you're leading probably won't get excited either. So it's a time of celebration every time that we come to worship God. It's definitely a time to get excited. You know, we can't try to go and go down there and be leading worship and being dead and dry as chips. You know, we have to be full of life. Um, just full of excitement, you know, just have so much energy, you know, because you're just excited to worship and praise God, you know, so it's all about coming with the right attitude, definitely just coming with the right attitude. Okay, you could probably consider asking someone to take a, a video, you know, if they probably already is doing that in your church, they're recording already. So um, we want to make sure that, you know, you just, you know, dress appropriately, of course, for being on the worship team. Some worship teams at churches, they already have their uniform, their colors, what they wear every Sunday. Um, some you, you did really don't have no uh, uniform, but, you know, you just want to make sure that you're dressing decent and appropriate in God's presence. Of course, definitely, you know, and so, you know, just maintain a good posture and making eye contact, you know, with the people in the congregation, not, you know, looking up in the ceiling, looking around at the clock, looking all around, you know, but just, you know, being focused, you know, and definitely smiling along the way, you know, looking, smiling, have a big smile on your face and looking very friendly, you know, um, just you know all about that you know and just also be able to watch the congregation keep an eye on the congregation as you lead them into worship and um, take cues from them as well you know be prepared to make small changes as needed during the service to get things in sync with the rest of the church um you know, if people seem bored or confused, they may not know the song or feel comfortable singing it, then you can encourage them to sing by making a statement like, you know, let's worship God together, you know, but avoid the guilt tripping them with the statements like, I don't hear anyone singing along with me. You know, we don't want to be able to know this. this we're coming to this atmosphere together to worship God together in unison. Come on to, you know, corporately. We're coming to praise our God together. It's an awesome thing. It's a beautiful thing when we come together to worship our true living God. You know, and just making it again. It's all about Jesus. It's just all about him. And you want to be able to worship like you mean it, really from the bottom of your heart. You know, the easiest way to worship like you mean it is to actually mean it, right? Focus on the, the words that you sing and speak as you lead. If you're only going through the motions without being sincere, then people, they are bound to notice that. They're bound to pick that up. You know, so 
while you you don't need to act out each song you know try to use body language and verbal language that matches the tone of the songs that you sing you'll be able to smile and move around when you sing joyful songs and be more you know subdued during serious or reflective songs your movements do not and should not be theatrical you know but the right movements can emphasize the importance of 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 what you're saying more effectively and you know trim the fat okay meaning keep people actively involved during worship lengthy instrumental solos and content of that nature are an open invitation for people to let their minds drift Uh, these things may sound pleasing to your own ear but they if they aren't practical you know you should just leave them out and um you know i know a lot of churches too they open the floor to the congregation to really also get involved like saying this portion of the service now is open to the congregation anyone have a a song a praise for the lord or a testimony a praise report you know or a prayer request you know whatever it is that you have stand up and We're going to give you a chance to do just that. And, you know, that definitely will, you know, they'll be excited. They'll be happy, of course, because they want to share in whatever is on their heart to to share. You know, also be able to pray and recite scripture. You know, as noted before, the verses you read, you know, should be picked out and memorized beforehand. The prayers can be written beforehand as well you know um as with the songs and the readings your prayers also need to connect to the message or lesson being conveyed and um you know just be able to pay attention to other leaders when it's time for the pastor to deliver the sermon or for someone else to speak you know you can give that person your undivided attention You know, you're a leader in the church, whether you're on or off. So your actions will be noticed by the rest of the congregation, even when you aren't singing or speaking. And you can be real. Be real. While you need to set aside your personal feelings to some extent, you know, you shouldn't push yourself to make a a show of worship. If doing so doesn't come naturally to you on days when you feel more subdued, you know, allow your worship to be more subdued on days you feel energized. Let it show a little bit of honesty can go a long way. But again, you know, make sure that you do not spend time focusing on yourself as you lead others in worship instead of saying You know, I'm having a a really tough day, you know, point out that there are times in life when praise can be, you know, difficult, but state that it's important to continue to worship God during those days that you're having a rough day, you know, Um, just continue to just still have a praise on your lips for Jesus just continue to praise him through it all just surrender it all to God because you know why he's bigger he's greater than anything that we face and he's right here to help us all the time he will always help us when we call out to him when we acknowledge him when we include him in in everything in every area of our lives because you know God cares about every detail of our lives he does care he's a caring loving God okay and he will never ever leave us alone and so in those times we can just definitely turn up our worship for the Lord and be able to reflect after service you can pray some more prayer is so important prayer is necessary we 
like the Bible says, we have to pray without season, right? Prayer is vital through all parts of this process. You know, we thank God for the worship session after, after, afterwards, you know, we, we, we could just, you know, you could come together and, and just hold hands as a worship team and say, God, you know, we just thank you for this awesome, beautiful worship experience it was today, God. We just pray that, you know, that you were pleased by everything, God, and we just give you all the glory and thank you for what has been done and what you're about to do. And we just bless your name for who you are, you know, just giving God thanks for everything, you know, and you could be also... You know, you could take notes, you know, shortly after the service ends, you know, you could write a few notes for yourself about what, you know, what went on and stuff, you know, and just, you know, use these notes to pl- as you plan ahead for future worship sessions, you know, um, a few things that you might need to work on, you know, whatever it may be, making any adjustments as needed. You know, if others, um, you know, have any suggestions about anything, stuff like that. And uh, overall, just let go, let go of any past mistakes, okay? Let go of um, probably, uh, yeah, I forgot the, the lyrics to a song and, you know, you, you had to, you know, look at your other worship team next to you you know for the words or the worship leader however it is you know or you you probably messed up a little uh with the song or whatever it is but learning from your mistakes and mishaps that that is great you know but dwelling on those problems and allowing them don't don't let them keep rehearsing in your mind and keep thinking about it because, you know, that's what the enemy wants, you know, for you to keep thinking on the negative and stuff like that. Just, 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 just worship God. Just come before him and just worship him, you know, and f- forget about all of that, you know, the, the flaws and mistakes. Because through, through it all, God honors, because um, he sees our heart. God sees our heart. You know, and he sees that we're truly worshiping him from our heart, you know, giving him everything, our mind, body and soul. And so he even forgives all of that. God forgives all of the flaws, mistakes, all all whatever it is. And we can begin again in him. We can begin again. His mercy is new each morning. Every morning, God's grace and mercy is new for us. Okay, to to just begin again. Okay, so just encourage your own self like David. Encourage yourself like David and say, you know what? I'm going to get up and give it my all again on next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Sunday and just keep at it. All right, keep at it. Come on, because you know that you got this and God's got you. Okay, so let us just all continue to praise and worship God together. And I just pray that, you know, each and every one of you just continues to have a beautiful, amazing, wonderful worship experience by just truly, you know, getting ourselves out the way, just, you know, letting God and his Holy Spirit take full control of everything and that God have his way because he's worthy of all of our praises he's worthy to be praises come on I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be on our lips glory be to God In this masterclass, I want to share with you an article that I came across by the Faith Formation Ministries, um, and they're talking about, it's all about how to build a youth group, 10 ways to grow a ministry to 
teenagers, to young people. Okay, I want to share that with you right now as well in this masterclass. So, you know, building a youth group that takes time and effort and you need to develop a strong leadership team and handle administrative details and work closely with other ministries, okay, to be able to do this. And so here are 10 insights on how to build a youth group. First, you want to be able to develop a robust youth leadership team. First, remember that your best resource is the youth themselves, that they know the joys and struggles that other teenagers and them themselves as young people experience daily. So to use this to your advantage, you know, find students who show leadership skills and then invite them to plan a youth group evening. You could find older youth to mentor younger kids. You could also ask for input on study topics, social events, and outreach. You know, your teen ministry is a great place to start developing leadership skills in young people and in equipping them to be disciples. Doing so, this will also help build their faith as well because they're like, they're going to be so excited that they're going to be doing something, you know, in the church, you know, being used in the church um, in pulling out those different gifts and talents that a lot of them don't even know that they have until they get used in some area in the church and in a in a department in the church. You know, they're going to just say, oh, wow, you know, they didn't know that they had this type of skills, whether that's administrative to sing to speak, to usher, but whatever it is, you know, um, to, to be in the nursery, you know, um, looking after the little children, um, teaching Sunday school, children's church, what, whatever it is, you know, they just gonna just feel so excited to be able to be doing something for God. And number two, develop a strong adult leadership team. You Know that you can't do it alone. God calls and equips many others in your congregation to be leaders and mentors for the young people, for youth. So you can find them and invite them to serve the church this way. Developing a strong adult leadership team that allows you to invest deeper in young lives rather than being, you know, spread thin, trying to do it all on your own. Uh, Number three, make time for administration. You know, that word is like kryptonite, you know, to many youth pastors. Youth ministry leaders are often relational beings, you know, who let the administrative side of things go. You know, so if that's you, then set aside a time every day to deal with administrative details required for the ministry to succeed. You know, details are crucial for how to build a youth group. Number four, build a detailed calendar. For a successful season of youth ministry, it's vital to develop a strategic calendar of events, teaching dates, outings, etc. Then your leadership team, kids and parents will all be on the same page and can plan their weeks accordingly without a clear path to follow and direction for the year. You know, that's when you know, stuff begins to get zigzag, you know, so you just want to be able to plan ahead and a detailed calendar. Number five, communicate in multiple ways. While we can plan well, ongoing, multi-layered communication is crucial for success. Create distribution lists of parents and youth for emailing, texting, calling with ministry information Find the ways 
your people prefer to be contacted. Then count on sharing the same information on multiple platforms. You know, young people, teenagers, you know, they generally don't use email, but parents still do. Kids now, everybody's using Facebook, the you know, Snapchat, Instagram, you know, Twitter, you know, it's just all the social media outlets that these young people are on. But parents, grandparents, you know, they tend to, you know, know email. A lot of them are even a lot of them uh, text message as well. But so tailor your communication to your audience. Number six is, you know, you want to be able to pray early and often for stronger youth ministry. You know, youth ministry um, cannot succeed without being in the will of God. So, you know, you just want to begin to bask yourself in, in, in prayer daily with you and your youth congregation and include it in the congregational prayers on Sundays, develop a prayer calendar for yourself, praying through specific needs of your leaders and teens, and just be intentional in prayer. You know, don't let it become something you do only when you think you have time. We could all be able to make the time. And number seven, build relationships with volunteers. Your youth leaders are crucial to a stronger youth ministry. Invest in them. Get to know the flock that God called you to shepherd. These are the faces and voices of youth ministry in your church, and they reflect your leadership. And so the more you equip and support your leaders, the stronger your youth ministry will become. Number eight, build on your church's and other faith nurturing ministries. You know, you must build a ministry on a systematic theology that equips children, young people, and young adults with the biblical worldview. You know, work with leaders of your church's Sunday school, you know, classes and stuff like that. And, you know, everybody just working together, you know, coming together and working together. And so... You know, don't live, don't do this thing alone. You know, intergenerational interaction is critical for a teen's faith formation. You know, you can look for opportunities for your youth group to learn and serve and grow with people of a variety of ages. Okay, and plan, you know, intergenerational service projects and mission trips invite older members of your church to come to tell their faith stories as well so a diversity is is a very good thing and lastly number 10 be accountable for your actions finally when you do ministry it's important to always be accountable as a youth ministry leader whether you're planning an event Um, or whatever, scheduling a meeting, you're under a microscope when you do ministry. So be self-aware and honor others through your actions and deeds. In honor of Black History Month, right now, I want to share with you this episode of That's So Raven. I know a lot of you out there, many of you out there are familiar with what I'm talking about, this TV sitcom uh, that had came on Disney Channel. Um, I used to always love to watch it with my daughter. We never missed the episode. And this episode truly had just really stick out to me. Um, it's called True Colors. All right. And they was they actually filmed this during Black History Month as well. They taped this during Black History Month. And so if you remember this episode, I want to drag your memory right back to this episode if you don't quite remember it. Okay, so it starts off 
that Raven is just so excited. She is so excited to be heading to the mall with her best friend, Chelsea. So she's she came out of her room, running down the steps into the kitchen where her parents were, you know, making breakfast and her little brother was around the table as well. They, you know, getting ready to eat breakfast and she's just so excited. And, you know, they're like, why are you so excited today? You know, wow, you're, you're so, that's amazing that you're excited about going to school and getting an education. And then she was like, you know what, besides that, no, we're totally excited because me and Chelsea is going to the mall after school today to fill out an application to apply for a sales position at Sassy's. That's that hot retail clothing store that all the young people hang out at. That is the hot spot. And so she's just so excited and it's like, oh, awesome. Congratulations. And they're telling her um, all the best with everything with um, filling out the job application and getting the job and everything. And she's just so excited. I said, yes, y'all, I'm so excited. I'm black and I'm proud and I'm out. Peace. And so she just, you know, she left. And so then it shows that her and Chelsea is at the mall. So right now they're, they're sitting down on the, the chair and they're filling out their applications and so, you know, on the application where it says special skills, well, Raven's best friend, Chelsea, she writes the word none. Like she has no special skills whatsoever. And for the part where it says experience on the application, she also writes none, nothing at all. And for the question where it says, why should they hire you? She wrote, hmm, I don't know. And so Raven turns to her and says, you know, Chelsea, for on my application for special skills, I wrote that I design my own clothes. And so she's like, oh, that's awesome. Raven, probably I can write something about, I could, uh, you know, make a rabbit disappear, she says, or she says something weird. She says some, something crazy that she can do. And the raven shakes her head at her and said, no, you, you want to try to put a positive spin on this application, Chelsea, so that they could see that we're qualified, that, you know, they want to hire us for, for this sales position. And so right then and there, the white manager named Chloe walks up to them and letting them know the different tasks that they have to complete at this time now and that they will be graded on how well they perform each task. And so Raven had did an excellent job when they were the first task they was given was I believe folding clothes and and Raven had fold them so neatly, you know, she stacked it according to size and color coordinated and everything's so neat. While on the other hand, when the manager looked over at Chloe, the manager Chloe looked over at Chelsea's task, what she had to do, it just was just a horrible mess. Like when you come from the laundry and you just dump all your clothes on your bed, that's how it was just looking like that. And and the next task, uh, they had to help the customer pick a nice outfit to wear. So it was two ladies, two lady candidates that they had to dress and and a- approach them with a beautiful outfit to wear for the for the for the evening. And so Raven had you know done her best and she picked a nice outfit for this lady and. When the lady went in the changing room and came back out, she absolutely loved it. She was a smiling all around and said, yes, thank you so much. And, you know, she loved the outfit. Chelsea, on the other hand, when she tried to pick an outfit for 
this lady, the lady just was keep shaking her head and saying, no, no, she doesn't like it. And she sure didn't like it at the final end also. So she didn't like that at all. And so they were all, they were done completing their task. And so after that, the manager, Chloe, comes up to them and said, okay, ladies, uh, I am definitely going to be reviewing your applications and I will give you girls a call on tomorrow, okay, when I've made my decision. And they're like, okay, sure, thank you, thanks, okay, and so they left. And so now it shows now the next day they're at school. And so Raven is in the hallway, Chelsea's in the hallway, and their friend Eddie is also in the hallway, everybody talking and stuff. And then all of a sudden Chelsea phone rings and it's the manager, Chloe from Sassy's. And so she's just so excited she said oh my gosh you guys it's chloe on the phone it's chloe and so she she answers the phone and saying yeah yeah she so she's talking to chloe on the phone and she said awesome awesome like you know and then in the background raven is trying to get chelsea's attention saying yeah remember ask about me what about me you know did 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 i get hired what about me and stuff and so Chelsea says to the manager, oh, I I believe I know you're going to call her already and everything, but did my friend Raven, is she also hired as well? And then she, Chelsea's saying, oh, oh, okay, okay. And then so she hangs up the phone. And so, you know, she turns to Raven and says, oh, Raven, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but you're not going to be getting a locker. And Raven says to Chelsea, girl, that's okay. That's no problem. Me and you could share lockers. Come on, what about this job? I know, did I get this job also? She was like, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't get the job. And then all of a sudden, Raven, just her felt, her face just went so blank. Like she just was so sad right then and there. And then she just had a vision. She had a vision, and in the vision, it's saying that the manager, Chloe, is saying she doesn't hire black people. Then she turns to Eddie, you know, with this concerned look, and she's looking at her friends, Chelsea and Eddie, with this concerned look, and Eddie said to her, Raven, you just had a vision? What? And then Raven told Eddie and she said to them, you know, I just had a vision that Chloe says she doesn't hire black people. And so it went to a commercial. And so then afterwards, when Raven got home, she was just so upset and devastated and sad that she didn't get the job because she is black. But when she told her mom, you know, her mom encouraged her right away to do something about it. And then Raven said, but mom, you know, I'm just only one person. I can't change the world. And then her father also heard the conversation. And then her father said, no, no, us Baxters in this house don't talk like that. Listen, if Rosa Parks had got up then we will still be sitting in the back of the bus and so she says to her parents yeah I really think I could fight this and they was like sure definitely of course it's gonna take a lot of hard work and determined determination and show so they was like okay yes we're gonna go for it let's do this what's the plan and so they they had came up with an idea for Raven to go undercover and let Chelsea have a hat on with the camera to catch Chloe, the manager, right in the act. And so now they also, Raven and her friends had called in a news station to help them out, which nobody knew about what was going on at the clothing store, Sassy's. No no one knew nothing. Only Raven and her friends and the family and the news station. 
nobody else. And so they're there at the mall. And then now, Eddie, Raven's friend, had walked in Sassy's clothing store and asking to speak to the manager, Chloe. And then she came right up to him and said, yes, young man, how may I help you? And then he says, oh, I am here to fill out an application, right? That That's not going to be a, a problem, right? And she goes, no, no, not at all. It's no problem at all. Here, let me get you an application. And so she, you know, pretends smiling and stuff and went to get him the application. So she gave him the application and he's filling it out and very happy and stuff, filling it out. And so he's done, and then so he hands it back to her, and she she looks at it and said, oh, yes, definitely, I'm going to be reviewing the application, and I will definitely give you a call on my decision. And he was like, oh, thank you so much, great. And so Eddie turns around and leaves. He walks out the mall around the corner. And so Chelsea, right then and there, when she have her hat on now, you know, being in focus now, knowing that she has to try to catch Chloe in the act, you know. And so she walks up to Chloe and facing her directly so she can talk right into that camera that is on her hat. And so Chelsea asks Chloe, so, hey, when does that new guy start working here? And then Chloe turns to Chelsea and says... Oh, please, he will never be working here. And so Chelsea says, well, why not? And so Chloe says to her, Chelsea, can I trust you? Just keep this between me and you, okay? And she said, sure, sure, sure. And then she's making sure she's up close and up close and personal to her. She's up and close, very close to her to make sure that she catches her, what she's about to say. And so Chloe had said right into the camera that she even know that was on Chelsea's hat. She spoke and said, the truth is, Chelsea, we don't hire black people. And that was caught all over the world to see. They played it on the news station all around the world that day. Everyone heard it. And they was like, the news reporter lady was like, and there you have it. That's right. Chloe Hunter at Sassy, that manager, is straight up saying that she don't hire black people. Everything was caught on camera. And so the news station, they were so excited to report that story, to expose the story about their discrimination. And they thanked Raven and Chelsea and Eddie for all their hard work and dedication to just shed light to this, what's going on, you know, in reality, to shed light on this. And as a result, Chloe Hunter, the manager, was fired ASAP. That's right, from her job. And the company had issued a public apology. And so, you know, it just shows, you know, in the end, you know, everybody's just so excited. Raven is excited and she thanked her parents as well for encouraging her to not to give up in that difficult situation, you know. And so in the end, it just showed a lot of courage, you know, that Raven had and to to stand up, you know, and speak up and, and that they can make a difference, no matter your age, no matter what age you are, that you can stand up and take a bold stand against discrimi discrimination and that you all have a voice, that we all have a voice and it must be heard, okay? And so that when they show this episode of True Colors and a lot of young people tune in to watch that's so raven is just paving the way for others to just stand up and say speak something that you know you feel within yourself you know within yourself that just is not right and you're being you know discriminated against because of your skin color you know 
Um, they would rather hire the white person than the black person. And it's just, you know, all of this craziness, you know. And so just like all the other different black African-American heroes that we read about today, you know, how they stood up for their rights, how they did not back down, they did not give up. Okay, no matter how hard it had get, you know, no matter the difficult situation, no matter what it was, they did not give up until they see a change come about. Okay, and so that's what we just have to continue to do. You know, I, I, I love what that, that song, Bob Marley, Get Up, Stand Up. Stand up for your rights. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight. That's right. All right. We got to keep on going. Keep on pushing through. Keep on moving forward in life. Okay. Because you will make it. All right. So all we have to continue to do is just keep hope alive. That's right. And and hold your head up high. Hold your head up high. Okay. As a black person. You understand? This is Black History Month. And I am so thankful and grateful, again, that they have a whole month for Black History Month because we've been through a lot. Been through a lot, but made it through. Thanks be to God. We give all the glory and praise and honor to God who's seen us all through. Who's seen all these people that we read about through. Seen them through their difficult situations, what they had to endure you know, what they had to face, you know, it was, it was just a lot, you know, and so it just, you know, empower you um, to, to become the, the, the best version of yourself every day and to not give up in everyday life, okay, just to not give up, but keep pressing forward, okay, into your dreams, into your goals, what you are determined, what you want to become, all right? And so that's what we got to keep doing, y'all. All right. And power to the people. One love. So what's Christianity? Simply put, Christianity is aligning yourself with Jesus Christ. It's admitting that you have sinned and that your sin is really offensive to God. That's according to Psalms 53 and 3. It's recognizing that there's nothing you can do to pay for your sins. According to Romans 3 verse 23. And it's confessing your sins to God, even though he already knows them. He wants us to confess them, to come to grips with them. And you could see that in 1 John 1 verse 9. And it's following him, getting to know Jesus, reading his word, and doing your best to follow him every day of your life. That's according to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. So what's next? I want to invite you to this prayer of salvation. If you have never accepted Jesus into your heart, today is the day to do that. If you make up your mind right now, that you are ready to turn from the things of this world and turn to Jesus and his perfect, amazing plan that he has for your life. I want to invite you to pray this prayer of salvation. Dear God, I believe in you. I give you everything that I am and everything that I'm not. I come clean before you right now. I know that I am a sinner in need of a savior. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And right now I ask you to make me right in you from this day forward each and every day. Come into my heart right now and live in me and through me. I accept you right now as my Lord and personal Savior. I give everything over to you and I surrender everything to you 
and I want to live for you from now on. I thank you and praise you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are so excited that you decided to pray that beautiful, amazing prayer of salvation and giving your life over to Jesus. Even if you pray that prayer to rededicate your life back to Jesus, you've made an awesome decision on today. And now just begin to spend some regular time getting to know God better by reading the Word of God each and every day in your Bible, or if you have it downloaded on your phone, just begin to get into God's Word and see the the truth, what God says about you. And don't go it alone. Don't do this Christian life alone. It's not meant to be alone, but to live with others and know that you can have Friends that believe in God too. Friends that will encourage you, your faith in the Lord. So you could spend time with other believers as well. In your church, getting involved in in, in the church youth group. Serving God in any way that you can. That helps to strengthen your relationship with God as well. And above all else, remember that God's friendship with you is permanent. There will be times when you make mistakes. We all do. No one is perfect, only Jesus. But through it all, in those moments, you can remember that God is your constant companion and he remains your proud friend. That you could come to him any and every time and ask him for forgiveness, and then continue to make that decision to follow him on that narrow road that he has for each and every one of us. Get back up and keep on going and keep on moving forward, knowing that we have a loving Heavenly Father who rejoices in when we make him happy making the right wise decisions and being happy in him and just enjoying Jesus and what he's called us to do. God promises that he will never leave us or forsake us. Welcome to the family. I am declaration. I am walking in purpose and living my dreams. I am a breathing example of faith. I am creative, innovative, and full of energy. I am organized in my time, thoughts, and efforts. I am courageous, clear, and productive each day. I am blessed with supportive and healthy friendships and relationships. I am continuously walking in God's favor and peace. I am financially, spiritually, mentally, and physically healthy and wealthy. I am stress-free, happy, peaceful, grateful, and successful. This concludes today's episode. I hope and pray that you are blessed and uplifted in your soul. And just be sure to catch me back on next time. And this is Monique signing off, adding sprinkles in your day. Continue to stay blessed, stay healthy, and stay safe. Smile, Jesus loves you, and I do too. Peace and love. At Education Connection, study anywhere, study anytime, stream your studies. Join the millions earning their degrees online. Seven million undergraduate and graduate students were enrolled in some form of online education in 2019. 
and 32.6% of graduate students were enrolled exclusively in online courses in 2019. 91% of online students said they prefer some form of online education, over 100% in class study. So on Education Connect, you can earn your degree anywhere you want to be. Sometimes you may be unable to attend a school in person to earn your degree, but that's okay because with online programs, you could stream your studies from anywhere. Studying online could bring you that much closer toward achieving your education goals. Students who recently participated in online education agreed that online studies enabled them to complete their studies faster and they acquired the specific skills they needed to enter their intended field and also their online education was worth the cost. So there's also flexibility Flexible online course scheduling typically allows you to study while balancing your current responsibilities like work and family. Also, accreditation. Well, only they'll match you to accredited schools. The U.S. Department of Education requires all schools participating in federal student aid programs to be accredited. Financial aid may be available to those who qualify. And then there's also the connection. Join the conversation with your classmates and professors through video and online education technology that helps keep you engaged in the viral classroom. So all you have to do is answer a few questions, get matched to schools, and get connected for free. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.educationconnection.com.